Hello and welcome to Fall to Ego episode 8. Um, this is going to be a bit of a quickie, I think, uh, which, you know, I think I've earned the right to that. Um, some of these episodes have been like nine hours long, um, so which I'm sure is costing me uh, <laughs> listeners and all sorts. What on earth could he have to say for 90 minutes that's necessary to hear? Probably nothing. Um, so I'm going to make this a quick one, um, partly because of, uh, yeah, out of sympathy for you and um, also because I'm going away and um, I'm going away with uh, about 20 family members and the chances of me recording this on a Sunday, as I usually do, uh, surrounded by what's likely to be 17 uh, nephews and nieces and stuff is is extremely unlikely so i'm going to do it right now um and what is it it's uh thursday this seventh so if something amazing happens before monday um like uh, i don't know will smith <laughs> uh, jujitsu chokes out um jerry seinfeld then uh, my apologies that this podcast fails to reference that um, but in case something massive did happen between Thursday and Monday, wow, what a big thing that was, the thing that I don't know about, but I'm talking about anyway, that was huge, and uh, lots of people had opinions about it, um, and my takeaway from it is that we should all calm down, so there we go, that's my catch-all, whatever event happens between our Monday, uh, we've covered it, calm down, there we go, breathe, uh, don't read about it. I think that's, that's probably quite applicable advice for any uh, global event. Don't, don't read about it. You don't need to. What are you going to do about it? Uh, make yourself sad? That's not a good idea. Anyway, I just wanted to I, sort of off the back of the Will Smith thing, but not actually about that, but it kind of got me thinking about uh, something that's been uh, yeah, eating away at the back of my mind about a lot of things is um, hypocrisy, this idea of hypocrisy, which we all seem to be quite uh, obsessed about these days, um, or more so than we used to be. Um, again, sort of exacerbated by the internet, I think. And um, we're, all, we're all hunting for it. And um, so, so what interestingly, what happens is if somebody does something good online, or good anywhere, like they don't donate money to charity or something, the almost the go-to um, response following that is to try and dig up an example of why we shouldn't be praising them for doing that good thing. So maybe they've donated money to charity, maybe they've started an NGO, uh, maybe they, you know, it's, they've helped someone across the street, it doesn't matter. Um, but it seems like our go-to response is to go, yeah, well, they're doing that now, but five years ago, they were doing this. Or do you remember? Do you remember when they were doing this? And so instantly it's like, well, no, well, then you can't praise the positive thing they've just done. There's a weird aversion to just accepting the present moment that someone has done something good and um, sort of obsessively trying to find excuses not to praise someone. <laughs> <laughs> by digging up things they've done in the past um, as if as if we're not all works in progress, as if we're not all 
we all haven't done weird shit things in the past. Um, but that was then. This is now. And if you've done the good thing, uh, it should be possible to give credit to someone for doing something good. Conversely, if someone's done something bad, um, again, there's this sort of weird whataboutery. Like if somebody does something that's obviously reprehensible, there's a weird move to sort of go, well, I know they did something bad, but what about this much worse thing? So before you start blaming them, what about this thing over here? And, you know, I've seen examples of this where the, the secondary example people point at is something like the bar is really fucking high for what counts as something we're allowed to condemn. Um, so anything that's not as bad as that, we sort of, well, we're not allowed to talk about it. So, I mean, with Will Smith, you know, it's, you know, people go, oh, I see condemning him for, you know, assaulting someone in public. But what about, you know, um, British colonization? It's like, well, yeah, I know. Okay, I get, I get that is worse. But I mean, if that, if that's the, the the guiding north star against which all things have to be measured then pretty much nothing is worthy of condemnation if if only systematic you know centuries of invading countries is the only thing that you think is worth condemning then we're kind of a bit stuffed aren't we it's like yeah you um my next door yeah sure sure my next door neighbor murdered um his whole family but what about genghis khan so yeah, okay. So what I'm not allowed to condemn your next door neighbours then? I feel like you've you've raised the bar for what's what we're allowed to feel bad about uh, a bit too high. Um, but if, I'm not saying there isn't a point. There isn't, um, you know, there's no, it's not worth bringing that stuff up. Like you know, we we are we did focus far too much on Will Smith at a time that, you know, the Ukraine thing's happening. But I just feel like it was a, it was a weird situation when we just weren't allowed, it wasn't, we just weren't allowed to say someone's done a bad thing um, and move on. You know, I don't, it doesn't mean we're saying it's the worst thing that's ever happened. You know, that, I mean, that's another weird criteria that we have these days is that whenever you bring up something bad, people take that, as a form of communication to mean you think that is the worst thing that's ever happened in history. Like, oh, you know, um, oh, I can't believe so-and-so, so-and-so, you know, such-and-such such a presenter um, insulted their guest like that. Isn't that awful? Yeah, but what about, what about Adolf Hitler? I was like, okay, fine. Okay, this is pointless now. I may as well just never bring up anything. Um but it means we get into this weird place online where we can't praise anyone because they've done something bad in the past, but we also can't condemn anyone because worse things have happened in the past. And so it kind of just becomes this moral vacuum where um, both positive and negative actions are of, weirdly of equal value because if you can neither be praised or blamed for anything you do, that anything you do sort of has no meaning. Um, so it's a, weird, it's a weird space. But specifically what I wanted to uh, get into was, yeah, hypocrisy. Um, and our um, 
inability to tolerate it, or should I say our tolerance threshold for hypocrisy has like got much, much worse and much, much weaker. Um, and I'm here to defend hypocrisy. I'm here to say hypocrisy is great, guys. Um, because I understand hypocrisy. I mean, here's the other thing, actually. This will help clarify what I'm trying to talk about um, before my kid comes home from school. Jesus Christ, there's no, there is no greater pressure I know. that actually, That's a lie. There's heaps of greater pressures I know than trying to squeeze out a podcast uh, while watching your, the clock on the wall and knowing that your kid is going to come home through the front door in 20 minutes. Um, so let's get fucking through this. Um, the time frame that we use or by which we measure hypocrisy seems to have expanded a lot. Um, I, I think the, the most useful form of, of hypocrisy or accusation of hypocrisy or definition of hypocrisy is if it is applied on an immediate time scale. So by that I mean if you're there saying to kids, Oi, don't smoke, it's bad for you, while you yourself are smoking. So both your application of the standard and your inability to follow that standard yourself, they're concurrent, right? They're happening at the same time. And in that moment, those kids can point at you and go, fucking hypocrite you well you're smoking as well why should we take advice from someone who can't even follow their own advice um you know if um if i say to uh, you know if i see a friend who's wearing leather shoes and it's like oh shouldn't be wearing leather it's cruel cruelty to animals I, I don't believe in hurting animals and then you tuck into a stake well then it's immediately obvious that you are a hypocrite because what the values you are espousing don't match up with your your present day behavior like who you are right now and the values you're espousing right now don't match up and so i think that's you know it's there you can say you're a hypocrite and it's useful to say it of that type of person because it means we can't rely on them yeah hypocrisy is useful uh, as a label or an accusation because it means well it, it helps us navigate who we should and shouldn't listen to because like, well okay well that person's clearly not a reliable source so i'm not going to listen to them because then they're saying one thing and they're doing another thing at the same time okay so the time frame we're applying there is now right but what i think the internet has done and we talked about this, I think, in episode three, is um, it fuels our egos. It, um, we get dopamine brownie points for pointing out bad things because we're social animals. And back in the day on the planes, uh, you know, that was a useful skill to have, was pointing out the bad thing. Because people, then you would have protected your tribe or whatever, and you would get some sort of reward. Um and so pointing out threats and pointing out dangers and pointing out uh, ne'er-do-well characters is obviously uh, of benefit to a social animal, okay? But what Twitter's done is we're now all hunting for that because we all get to look great. And it's turned it into a sort of sport. And the problem is with the internet now, there's more access to information 
there's more access to the past. There's more access to records and there's more access to, you know, interviews that someone gave 15 years ago. And so what's starting to happen now is the, 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 the lens, the time lens through which hypocrisy is assessed. We, we have forced that to be longer out of self-interest, out of ego, because the, the, the wider the net you cast, the more likely you're going to find inconsistency and therefore the more likely you are to, to, to um, authorize yourself to go online and point out, hey, look, here this person was espousing standard A and yet over here they are performing action B and these two things are not the same. Um, the problem with casting the net really wide is it kind of becomes irrelevant. Um, and so what we're seeing is people going, you know, oh, this pro-climate action person. Well, it's a bit convenient, isn't it, that now they're saying they want to see climate action when 15 years ago they were working for Shell Oil. Um, and, you know, these things get thousands of retweets and, or here's an interview with them, you know, where it turns out they were a shareholder in BP. Um, now, if they're still a shareholder in BP and they're talking about climate action, that's, that is the, that I would say you're more justified there in, in labor, you know, throwing around the hypocrisy accusation. But if, if it was 20 years ago, all you're really doing is pointing out that this person has evolved massively and that, that is a great thing. Okay. So often, often when, when I see people pointing out hypocrisy online, they're, well, they're calling it hypocrisy. I'm looking at it going, that, that person has wildly improved their, their moral landscape. You know, they've gone from being someone who's destroying the planet for money to, I mean, this is a hypothetical person, you know, let, let's just talk about this example of a former BP person who is now a climate activist, right? Um, that person will get destroyed online. We know this. You, you can already imagine it happening. And the fact that you can imagine it happening is sort of depressing, isn't it? You, you, we can rely, you and I can reliably understand the nature of the online world such that it is not a stretch for us to imagine there being such a person and such a person being completely flayed online uh, and ignored. Um, so, yes, hypocrisy over a long time scale to me is a weird thing to focus on and be distracted by. And again, I think it's just a hunt for brownie points because it just shows that someone has, has changed their mind for the better. I mean, that's just, that's evolution. That's someone who used to do something bad has had a, an awakening or a realization, you know, a eureka moment, um, an epiphany and has changed their life. To condemn them for that is, I mean, I don't know what that says, really. I mean, what would you prefer? It seems to me that people online actually hate someone who used to do bad and is now doing good more than someone who is just consistently bad. <laughs> like it seems like you want, you would prefer someone who's consistently working for BP and still does. You've got less hatred for that person than someone who 
comes out as a climate activist and it turns out that 10 years ago they used to work for PP, uh, that person actually gets more vitriol um, than the person who is just still a fuckwit. Um, so it seems to me like we actually prefer our, our evil to be consistent rather than transient, <laughs> which is a weird thing. But um, I look at that person, this hypothetical person, and I just see evolution, you know. Um, and, you know, in a, it, once you start applying that thinking on a wider timescale, you can also start applying it to groups of people. So, well, yeah, sure, they're saying they want these progressive values, but 200 years ago, their ancestors owned, you know, their ancestors invaded a country. It's like, yeah, I know. So what? So they've improved then, right? <laughs> That's. I know you think you're making a point that makes your position seem really strong, but I'm. <laughs> I I listen to that and go, yeah. So they've improved. So what's your problem? Like, what do you not want people? It seems like you want people to be trapped in the past. It seems like you want people people to be held to something they're not anymore. Um, and so the online world just becomes a place that's bereft of rehabilitation. You, you, you want to forgo someone, you want, you want to forgo someone the right to be allowed to enjoy the fact that they've changed for the better. Um, so I think a lot of, you know, the accusations of hypocrisy and, well, you're doing this now, but 20 years ago, you did this or or even worse you know a hundred years ago your family did this it's like fucking christ i know so i've got better then isn't that isn't that worth um isn't that isn't what that worth praise rather than this weird like history anyway so i think what ends up happening online is yeah it becomes this place where we're not interested in rehabilitation we're not interested in someone evolving and becoming better as long as you can find an old example of something bad, um, they're a hypocrite. But I mean, a hypocrisy in that sense, when you apply it over such a long time period, isn't really hypocrisy, is it? It's just, it's actually, it, what you call hypocrisy, I call learning and improving or self-improving. Um, so I think, yeah, hypocrisy is a, possibly a word we need to look at and reconsider and not be so pent up and myopically focused on highlighting all the time. Um, and again, it's like, well, what, what would you prefer? Would you, it seems like you would prefer people who are consistently evil <laughs> than someone who used to be evil and changed. The, the other thing that's great about hypocrisy. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm all for it. I love hypocrisy. We need more hypocrites. <laughs> we need more people who used to say one thing and now say something better. We need more of those people. The, 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 other, the other great thing about hypocrisy, and this is why you should be encouraged and feel excited by hypocrites, is that it shows someone has enough capacity to self-reflect, to change their mind about something. Um, and it means they're able to forego what they what they believe they're able to forgo possibly even deeply ingrained beliefs and uh, behaviors because of outward pressure 
So what that shows is that that person is able to evolve because societal mores, mores, how do you pronounce that word? I should learn that word. Um, because mores have changed. And that's great because it means they're not stubborn. Okay. The the scary thing about, I mean, this, <laughs> this goes back to when I did philosophy at university and I got my head in a real spin because, um, I think it was Immanuel Kant. I'll have to look it up. Uh, Patreon supporters, I will follow this up with proper links to research and shit. Um, but I think it was Immanuel Kant who said um, that if you've got two people, and, and this, I'll bring this example back to hypocrisy in a second, but you've got two people, one person doesn't want to murder people, and so doesn't murder people. The other person does want to murder people, but because of the law of the land and the fact that it's illegal and frowned upon and all etc etc because of that they don't murder people so you've got two people both not murdering someone uh, but one is doing it because it comes from their heart because they naturally are a murdering type and the other person really wants to kill people maybe he's even a psychopath but he doesn't because um, of you know the values of those people around him in society, etc., etc. And in my early days studying philosophy, I got really annoyed because my teacher, my lecturer, my professor said, um, now, Immanuel Kant, I mean, he didn't say it, sorry, Immanuel Kant said this, if indeed Immanuel Kant is the correct philosopher to be quoting here. I might have got this wrong. Um, but the, the moral the more moral of those two people is the person who wants to kill people and doesn't. And I found that really deeply frustrating because I was like, how can someone who wants to kill people be more moral? That doesn't make any sense to me. Surely the person who just naturally is non-murdery is the better person. Um, but then the, the, the way you unpack that is to say, well, yeah, but you can't really, the only reason the person who doesn't want to kill people isn't killing people is because that's self-authored that's coming from their own desires and wishes so how do you know that if those wishes change you know maybe they get drunk maybe they get angry maybe they don't sleep for a week whatever maybe they can't pay their mortgage and they lose their house wasn't something and they become crazy how do you know that they're not going to then, and then they want to kill someone. Well, now you don't know if they're going to kill someone or not. You can't trust that person because the only reason they're not killing anyone at the moment is because that's coming from them. But what if they change? Well, then you're stuffed. If they change, if they, if they want to kill people, well, you I mean, you're solely reliant on them constantly not wanting to kill someone. The person who does want to kill someone, you're in safe hands, weirdly, because they've got that impulse, but they're suppressing it because they know better, because they know that it's wrong. Um, so you can rely on that person, whether they want to kill people or not, to not kill people. The person who only isn't killing people because they don't want to, you've sort of, you know, you're at the whim of their mood. You're the, you know, you're the whim of their personality. And if they at any point change their mind, 
you don't know what they're going to do. So you know, the more moral person there is the person who wants to call people and doesn't. Because, yeah, like I said, um, you're in safe hands there, weirdly. Okay. Now, the thing with, to bring this back to hypocrisy, you know, there's a real um, push in the online space for like pure people who've just always been good, um, people who've always done the right thing. And, you know, we're always looking to find a flaw or something to, if you know, it's the tall poppy syndrome. If anybody does too well, um, you know, we cut them down by finding a past example of, well, they used to be bad. Um, but we're constantly on the hunt for people who are just consistently good. And if you stray at all, that's seen as, or if you have strayed in the past, that's seen as, as bad. The scene is counting against you. And especially if you used to hold a contrary position to the one you hold now, um, then, you know, again, you're seen as like a hypocrite. So we used to um, work for the meat packing industry. Now you're like a vegan activist. So, well, you know, you're, you are less valuable to the vegan cause for say, than someone who's always been vegan. And I think, you know, that if you to apply the Immanuel Kant sort of angle on that is, well, yeah, but one of those people has always been vegan and hasn't had to change their mind about anything. Um, So there's been no conflict there internally and they haven't had to better themselves, you know, learn, evolve and change. The person who is in the meatpacking industry has had to have a moment of self-reflection, has had to uh, see society moving on without them, uh, see people demanding better and research coming out about animal cruelty or whatever, um, and has changed their mind. So, I mean, arguably that person, even though they've, helped perpetuate you know unspeakable evil in the past arguably you could say that's a more moral person because they've taken stock of their life and realized they've managed to um you know label and acknowledge their own wrongdoing and you know update their ios you know and become a better person so one of one of those two people they're only good because they always have been and that's coming from them. The other person has managed to um, self, uh, self-inflict self improvement. I mean, that, I mean, that's someone you want around forever because that means they're always going to be hunting for, to become, they're always open to um, destroying who they are to become better um, rather than someone who's always just been themselves and who knows whether they're going to keep improving or not. So, you, you know, you you want hypocrites because hypocrisy means someone isn't um, static and someone isn't um, good by, by chance. You know, they're just, they happen to be good out of, you know, the luck of their, I don't know, genes or education or what their parents taught them. But someone whose parents taught them to be fucking awful and was awful for a time 
and then realize that. I mean, how many people realize anything about themselves and then improve on that? Um, that's quite rare, you know. So I think this um, this myopic obsession with pointing out hypocrisy online weirdly misses the point and weirdly misses the um, opportunity of embracing people who have, you know, dabbled with the dark side and come out the other end much better for it. And those are people you want around, I think, because um, that's, you know, that shows evolution and improvement. And I think, yeah, we should embrace that a bit more. Um, I think also on a minor side note, I think this hunt for hypocrisy also just completely ignores um, any sort of capacity for rehabilitation. You know, that you know, because somebody used to be bad, that's all they're allowed to be. And we're going to hold them to that and not let them um, become a better version of themselves. Like, what is the point then? What's the point of you pointing out wrongdoing online? Um, if it's not with the intent of hoping that people improve, if all it is is to hope those people get destroyed, then there's no point pointing it out because there's no learning, there's no growth. Um, and again, this is a weird, you know, it's a 21st century problem and we're still learning about, uh, we're still learning to use all this technology um, and embrace it in constructive, healthy ways, uh, which we're not at the moment, I don't think. But, um, you know, that's that's one thing we need to grapple with is it's very easy online to say, well, that person's fucking wrong and they need to be destroyed or, you know, um, I'm going to at their employer in the hope they lose their job. It's lots of very, like, punitive behavior. Um, and that's not how we get to the good place, guys. That's not how we get to the promised land is by just pointing out people are fuckwits and then... Um, washing your hands of them. Um, we should be trying to make them better and being open to the fact that they could be could be better. So to bring that to like a contemporary example, and again, I, w I would argue, do we, do we need to focus on Will Smith at all when, you know, Ukraine is happening and worse things are happening? But if you are going to comment on it, comment on it constructively. So saying well, he should be stripped of all his awards and that should be the end of him. So, well, he's only 50. <laughs> like, what do you want him to do for the next 30 years? Be Again, be trapped. Why do you want to condemn him to be that one moment? Um, don't you want him to improve? What I can imagine in 10 years' time him being some amazing figure for, I don't know, anger management, um how you know violence isn't the answer and some advocate for something something and a huge inspiration to young men everywhere like can't you imagine that why are you so determined for him to be just this one thing um so it's it's very easy to say you know i i i think it's disgusting that he did blah so like, okay and what, what do you want to happen next and this is the thing with Twitter is it's it's all about just your immediate reaction, um, which again, as per the ethos of this podcast, I think you shouldn't, I don't know why that's even important for you to articulate 
feelings immediately as they occur. And that's the great uh, sort of awful, um, what's the word? I was, I'm always forgetting words. So I need like a little dictionary next to me or something all the time. Entreat, that's the word I'm looking for. That's what in Twitter entreats us to do, isn't it? Is to overly identify with our feelings, um, which as we all know is the opposite of what you should be doing to be a healthy, happy person. You should be questioning your thoughts and looking at them from a distance. But um, we, we just, we all get on and go, oh, I think what Will Smith did was fucking blah. Um, and I go, okay, so what you've expressed your feeling, you've now made your feeling a real thing rather than watching it pass by like a cloud. So you've already made one mistake. But um, the second mistake is, well, if you are going to say that, well, you know, put, put a bit of joy back into the world. Put a bit of constructive something, you know. I think what he did was awful, but I think if he says this to this person, blah to this person, and does X, Y, Z, um, I think he'll be on the path to something great. Like, why just making that one moment? Why are you so obsessed with your own reaction to it? But that's all you can think of. Um, and this is the problem is that, you know, condemning people pointing out wrongdoing. There's not much compassion there, is there? There's, there's a lot of focus on the self, the ego, of like, well, this is my reaction to this. There's not a lot of focus on the, the other person, which is like, well, how can he get better? Um, you know, what? how could he, and what could Chris Rock do? You know, could he apologize? Does he, I mean, you know, let's not get into the ins and outs of who needs to apologize to, but if you're gonna, if you're gonna condemn someone I think condemnation needs to come with some sort of articulation of what rehabilitation could look like. Because otherwise you just, you know, you are to the human spirit what, you know, prisons are to rehabilitation. Like they're not places to rehabilitate and Twitter isn't the place to um, hash out moral chat. Um, it just isn't. Um, it just becomes a place to condemn and then wash your hands and go to fucking lunch. Um, so I think it needs to become, I mean, basically we need to turn our phones off. It's the, it's the kind of re, the, the lesson, the message I keep coming back to almost in every episode. It's like, why are we even on there saying these things? But if you are going to condemn someone or point out wrong, wrongdoing, um, believe, hope that that person is a future hypocrite, you know, Hope that they've got the chance to improve and evolve and um, articulate some pathway for them to become better. Um, practice compassion. Um, one, one thing you can do when you see these sort of, you know, events in the news about celebrities, again, whether or not you should give a shit about celebrities is another question, especially when there's much worse things going on. But um, all the anger and stuff, just, you know, probably the most constructive thing you can do is meditate a little bit uh, compassionately on Will Smith. Because that's not, you, you know, there must be some stuff going on for him on the night that he's going to win um, to get up and <laughs> almost destroy his career by hitting someone over a joke. Um admittedly, you know, one about a health issue. So, you know, there's a lot going on there that we don't know about. 
So maybe avoid judging. Um, and if you are going to judge, give them a path out. That's, that's what none of us are doing online, is giving people pathways out. Um, it's always just, well, you're done now. Um, but like I said, you know, we've all done bad things. And what you, the, the best people are people who've done bad things and changed and improved and, and learned from that and become better. Uh, the people who've always been good, I mean, that's lovely, but you don't know what they're going to do if they ever, you know, maybe they could start being bad. Like at least, at least the person who's bad and doing good now is on a, an upward trajectory. So that's, that's a good sign. Who knows what the person who's always good is going to do. Maybe they're going to snap. Maybe they're going to slap someone in the face, you know? Um, anyway, so I just think, yeah, hypocrisy is great. <laughs> if you know a hypocrite, give them a hug and say, well done. Well done for having inconsistent values. Well done for thinking something now that you didn't think 20 years ago. That's a great sign of your capacity to um, evolve. Um, and yeah, I think... Don't be so keen to point out wrongdoing minus the remedy. Otherwise, this is just pointless. Anyway, practice compassion. Um, meditate on Will Smith if you really want to. Or put your phone down. I think the, the, the best thing is to put your phone down. The second thing is if you are going to put your phone, pick your phone up and engage with these sort of pseudo events, as um, Daniel Borston would call them, um, engage with them constructively at least you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do these things like just do them well if you're gonna have to do them at all um anyway so that, that's my thoughts hypocrisy is great don't give it such a bad rap unless it's happening in the immediate time frame um if someone's a hypocrite over a span of 20 years all power to them i think they're great um, so there you go. Um, now we did have a question, um, talking about practicing compassion and meditating on Will Smith and detaching yourself from your feelings and not just blurting out and identifying with your feelings just because Twitter is entreating you to do so. Did have a question on Patreon. And, um, if you are a Patreon supporter, you are entitled to, uh, ask questions and they will be answered. And this is the first time we're doing this. Uh, I should have a jingle audience mailbag um but again like i said i'm going on holiday imminently so uh <laughs> there's there should be no jingle today just don't get attached to the jingle guys okay practice non-attachment i can hear you getting disappointed that is a feeling you just need to let go of as with all things just let go now the question is um did you have trouble getting into mindfulness um i'm stubborn and um nihilist enough that it takes more of an effort than it should in my experience there you go it's a concerted effort as opposed to a natural groove uh, now first of all i should say that i'm not an expert in mindfulness at all and part of the reason i'm making this podcast is really so that um that you have a uh, someone who's not inspiring <laughs> to learn from because sometimes you know you look at like a Thich Nhat Hanh or, you know, um, the Dalai Lama. <laughs> and you go, fuck, I'm never going to be like that. Um, so I'm struggling. I'm, I, you know, I'm doing, I'm partly making this podcast to form what I hope will be just like a little supportive community of people who are all 
struggling through this stuff. Um, and that's why, you know, this, the series, the podcast series started with my starting point, which was like that little flicker of realization when I was making satire. So it's, you know, it's a journey for me as much as it is for anyone. And I'm awful at a lot of all of this. Um, so I'm not an expert on anything and, and that's why I'm making this is to kind of track the progress and the pitfalls and the hard stuff. And it's just a, almost like a little journal, um, in a way about how to tackle all of these things, uh, in amongst, you know, some societal critique and all that kind of stuff through the lens of, um, yeah, not, not being a scoffing, arrogant prick, um, <laughs> So yeah, that's, I should place that as a caveat, but weirdly, actually this question plays into my lack of experience quite well, um, because I, I do, I have the same thing. Um, I do have trouble getting to mindfulness. I think probably, I think everybody does. Um, I don't know, um, many people, at least in the early days who jump into meditation and mindfulness, uh, and, and just find it really easy, um, because I mean, part of the reason you do it is be precisely because your brain kicks up a bit of, puts up a bit of a fight. It kicks up a fuss. Um, so when you're doing, say, mindfulness of breathing and you're trying to focus on the breath, um, your brain will take you away from the breath, for me, um, immediately and repeatedly and persistently. And it might take 30 minutes before the, you know, the thought whack-a-mole um, sort of whole process ends. And I start, I, I'm able to just focus on the breath. But I think I talked about in a previous episode, you know, it's, it's hard. Once you're in the thinking, it's hard to step outside of that and realize that you're thinking because you're, your brain is in there with the thoughts. So it's, you know, you're in, you're in the you're in the throes of over just lots and you're in a maelstrom, you know, but you are, you are also the maelstrom. You're not just in the maelstrom. You are the maelstrom. So how are you supposed to get out of it when you are it? It's a, it's a baffling paradox really, isn't it? But yeah, I, I have a, I have a, a huge amount of uh, trouble meditating. Um, but I think the most, the most important thing I realized was if you can take judgment out of it, that at least, solves i would say 80 percent of the problem because then not meditating properly ceases to be a source of frustration so the the worst thing i used to do years ago um was you know meditate try and focus on my breath and then thoughts would pop up and then you go fuck i'm not focusing my breath and then you go fuck i'm saying fuck (laughs) And then you go, oh, fuck, well, now I'm just in an argument with myself. I'm so shit at this. Um, and so there's just this frustration that comes out of it. And then you give up and you go, well, that was a fucking useless session, wasn't it? I didn't, there was a, barely a 30 second stretch there where I was focusing only on my breath and not thinking things. Um, but then I think Ram Das had a really nice quote, or I'll paraphrase him a bit, but... Um, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're doing it well or badly. Um, if you're doing it badly, meditate on the fact that you're doing badly. Like just watch yourself not doing well because 
you've got just as much to learn. You get just as much. The great thing with meditation is that you you get something out of it either way. You, you're always going to win with meditation because either it works and you focus on your breath and you enter a very blissful state and, you know, you just become kind of pure awareness with no thoughts and you just become like this watching entity uh, for 30 minutes and you're not looking at your phone, you're not worried about this, you're not thinking about gas bills, you're just pure awareness and that's great. And you come out of that and that can keep you going for two, three days. Or it goes badly and what you have to do is to watch your thoughts non-judgmentally. So a thought will pop up and you go, huh, that, you know, maybe it's a jealous thought, for example, like, oh, bloody, so-and-so got a pay rise and I didn't. And you just look at that thought and you name it. You go, oh, jealousy. And it kind of just will eventually float away. What you don't do is you label that. What you don't do is you say, well, I failed now because I'm not focusing my breath. You just non-judgmentally go with it. Going with it is a is a really great uh, maxim, you know. It's a really great attitude. So then another thought pops up, you know, and it's oh, I forgot, um, you know, oh, I forgot my best friend's birthday. Fuck, I'm a bad friend. And you just let don't be annoyed that you thought that, and just label it again like oh, annoyance or self criticism. Huh, I just self criticized. Um, you can narrate the thoughts almost as as if you are like an you know an outside um, onlooker. You're like, oh, he just thought about self. Oh, he just criticized himself, and then the thought will again eventually drift away. And if it doesn't drift away, that's also not a problem. But the great thing is, whether it's going well or it's going badly, it's all. I think as Ramdas says, it's all grist for the mill, because all of it is material to use. All of it is an, is an opportunity to practice. So if it's going well, then that's great. If it's going badly, you use that to test your capacity to watch your thoughts. And, you know, you, you just don't get attached to whether or not your mind is blank or your mind is full. You just let it be whatever it is. And if it is full, you just name the things that are happening um, and don't get pissed off about it. And... The reason why that is also a form of, you know, winning, you still getting something out of it, is that that is something you can then take to the rest of your day. You know, like with Twitter, you know, Will Smith does something and you're like, straight away, you're angry and you're leaping to your phone to publish your thoughts or whatever and you're getting attached to your thoughts and thinking, oh, I want people to like this tweet. And instead you just watch that thought and go, huh, he's got an opinion about Will Smith. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. Um, and it will go away. Or, you know, I've talked about this before, you know, you bang your toe and instead of screaming and swearing and letting that ruin your day and getting sucked into a cycle of, well, this day's going badly, fuck, what's going to happen badly next? You just go, oh, there's pain in my toe. And then it will go away. So weirdly, I actually sometimes prefer the times that meditation doesn't go the way I want it to because it gives me all this practice to play at um, watching my thoughts, naming them, and not getting frustrated that I haven't been, you know, 
cross-legged on a mossy mountaintop surrounded by clouds <laughs> and, you know, drifting through fucking the sky like I'm Neo in the Matrix or something. So it's it's all, if it's going great, it's good. If it's going badly, that's also great. It's all grist for the mill. It's all practice. Um, and if you're feeling like it's taking a huge amount of effort, um, just notice that it's taking a huge amount of effort. That also is something that you're allowed to just notice. It's the great permission of mindfulness meditation is that whatever you're feeling or thinking, you have full license to just notice it um, and that to not be a failure. Um, you might find that you get stuck in that for weeks or months where you never even get to focus on the breath. It's always thoughts and it's always the maelstrom, but just go with it. Um, that if you're going to take anything away from it, this app, yeah, just go with it. Um, go with the thoughts and just watch them and label them and don't get annoyed at yourself. You can't get annoyed at yourself anyway because um, yourself doesn't exist. Haha, <laughs> there you go. Pull that one on you. Um, all right. I said this was going to be a short app and I've gone long enough. Short version of this podcast, uh, TLDR. Hypocrisy is great. Don't condemn without... Uh, offering a constructive remedy or way out of it. And um, people who have always been good are less good than people who used to be bad and are now good. And um, yeah, just go with it. Meditate, give it a go. And um, if it goes badly, well done, because you've achieved something. And as always, um, please do support this podcast on Patreon if you can. Um, it's, um, it's slowly getting there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I still want guests. That's my next big thing, and I promise that is on the horizon. Um, but uh, I've had two weeks where things have not gone my way. Sorry, two episodes, so four weeks where things have not gone my way, either being incredibly busy, sick, or about to go away with uh, 19 children, um, not by myself, with their parents as well. So, oh, this podcast sounds like some weird pedo cult. Um, that's that's not what's going on um, alright so yes please support it on Patreon if you can and again um, if you are a supporter send me a question and I'll answer it you will get first uh, pick alright thank you so much for listening have a lovely time and yeah just go with it